Thank you very much, worship team, for that ministry today. So appreciated. Well, it is Boxing Day. The day after the most celebrated day in Western Hemisphere, Christmas Day. 2,000 years ago, on the first Boxing Day, the morning after the most significant birth in human history, we have the beginning of the life of Christ and his family uh, unfolding. Have you ever wondered what it was like the day after? Have you ever wondered what it was like that first Boxing Day? What it was like after the shepherds had returned to their fields? What it was like after the sun rose high in the sky and Mary and Joseph finally got a look at their surroundings in the light of day and they saw the cattle and the, 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 the donkeys and the sheep and the mess and all the rest of it. What it was like after the birth, the visiting shepherds, the little drummer boy or any of the other things that we talk about on the Christmas story. What was it like for them on that first morning? Have you ever wondered what thoughts went through Mary and Joseph's minds? Thoughts of wonder, thoughts of horror, wonder that the Son of God had been born to them. A horror that God's precious Son who attended the formation of the worlds was received by humanity into a stable surrounded by animals and laid in a feeding trough. You know, the next few days after the birth of the Savior were probably some of the most amazing days in human history. And they're a further testament to the unique nature of Jesus Christ. Both God and man fused together in the incarnation into the one that we call Jesus Christ the Savior. I want to take a few minutes to just kind of unpack what may have happened uh, in the next few days and how that impacted the hearts and lives of those that were important to Jesus and the hearts and lives of you and I today. First of all, the Bible tells us about the, the Christmas story, and we all read the accounts in both uh, Matthew and Luke, and there's many traditions we've developed around them. One of them is our nativity scene that sits here in the foyer of the church, and maybe even in your own home. And in that nativity, we have, you have Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in the middle, and you have you know, shepherds, a couple of them, maybe one standing and one kneeling around that, sheep, and, and, and then you know, uh, maybe a donkey there as well and even an angel over the top. But most of those nativity scenes also contain three wise men, maybe a couple camels that they traveled on as well. And yet the truth is, the three wise men were not there when Jesus was born. The Bible tells us that the three wise men, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, didn't show up at the stable, but they actually, the Bible says, showed up at the house where Jesus was. So whether it was the day after, whether it was Boxing Day, or whether it was a few days after, or whether it was even months after, we know that the wise men weren't there when he was born, but they were there after his birth. I like to think maybe they showed up the next day and Mary and Joseph had already settled into a home or someplace, and then the wise men showed up. And when they visit Jesus, you know, the Bible says that they came and they brought him gifts. They presented to him gifts of gold and of frankincense and of myrrh. They brought with them things that were valuable to them and they placed them at the feet of Jesus. And they were the, uh, the, the first that I want to talk about today, uh, the first events after the birth of Jesus. The second I want to talk about is the day that Jesus was circumcised. Luke chapter 2 verse 21 uh, tells us that the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought Jesus to the temple for him to be circumcised. 
Circumcision was the mark in the flesh that God gave that established Israel as his children. It was an outward marking, identifying them as a people who had his heart, who loved him. And the very fact that Mary and Joseph took Jesus to be circumcised establishes his humanity. That they understood that what needed to be done with this child was the same as it would be done with any male child on the eighth day. They would be taken to the temple and they would be circumcised on that day. Third thing that happened at the temple as well begins in verse 22. Luke chapter 2, verse 22. It says that his parents took Jesus to the temple and, de- and dedicated him there as well. And if their belief that Jesus was just divine, uh, that he was just divine was a fact, then they wouldn't have brought him and dedicated him to the Lord because they'd say, oh, he's God, we don't need to do that. But they did understand his divinity and his humanity. So being a human child, they knew that they had a responsibility to dedicate him to the Lord for the Lord's purpose. And we see them doing that in Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Two other things happened that day as Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to be dedicated to the Lord. The first, verse 25, a man named Simeon comes up and he speaks not of Jesus' humanity. By contrast, he speaks of his divinity. Simeon had been living in the temple and he had been promised by the Lord that he would not die until he witnessed the consolation or the deliverer or the Messiah of Israel. And when he saw Mary and Joseph arrive in the temple, he walked over and he took the child, held him up in his arms and he blessed him. And then he said, Sovereign Lord, he said, you have promised, as you have promised, I should say, you now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation. Luke 2 verse 30. Then he turned to Joseph and Mary, and he prophesied over them, and he declared, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul, too. He he was prophesying into the lives, the, 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 the blessing and the joy of being the parents of the Messiah and how Jesus would come and, and his very birth, his very nature would, would confront men and women of their souls and their, the, the darkness of their lives and they'd have to make decisions about who Jesus was and what they were going to do with him in their life. And then following in verse 36, we read that a prophetess named Phanuel was in the house of the Lord as well. And After seven years after she was married, her husband had died and she had remained in the temple of the Lord all of these years. Now she's 84 and she lives in the temple and she's waiting uh, for the Lord. She never leaves. She's worshiping day and night, fasting and praying unto the Lord. And just as Simeon was finishing his ministry to the Christ child and to his parents, Phanuel spoke to all those who were present. And they were looking forward to the Messiah. And she said this to them, he's here. He's here. The Christ is finally here. She didn't speak of his earthly lineage. She wasn't concerned about what Jesus looked like, about his height, his weight, the color of his hair, the color of his eyes. She wasn't concerned about Jesus' humanity. No, she was focused on his divinity. She was focused on telling people the Savior is here. The Savior is here. And today I want to ask you, what is our focus? The Savior is here. Christ has come. And the events surrounding the life of Jesus and the days following him all point to this fact that Jesus is here. Jesus, the one who is fully God and fully man, is here. Jesus has come.
At the end of his letter, John says in chapter 21, verse 25, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have enough room for the books that would be written. Jesus did much more while he was on the earth than is contained in the scripture. There's much more that he did, both uh, uh, that asserted his divinity and much more that he did that asserted his humanity than is recorded in the Bible. The point is that Jesus did more than is written down and he still continues to do great and wondrous things today. You see, Jesus is still shaping the world today. The God-man born on Christmas Day is still today, this Boxing Day, looking to come down and impact the lives of those that will acknowledge him and call him Savior. In the days that followed Jesus' birth, he was attested to by angels, worshipped by the masses, prophesied about and acknowledged by millions, and still today that continues all around the world. You know, Charles Colson wrote, Christianity claims to be the central fact of human history. The God who created man invaded the world in the person of Jesus Christ, died, was resurrected, ascended, and lives today sovereign over all. If this claim is valid, if Christianity is true, then it cannot be simply a file drawer in our crowded lives. It must be the central truth from which all of our behavior relationships, and philosophy flow. I, for one, believe in the Christmas story. I, for one, believe that Christianity is the living out of the faith expression by God's people of what Jesus Christ accomplished in his life, death, and resurrection. I believe the message that is contained and begins in the Christmas story and culminates on Easter Sunday. I believe that truth. And when we believe that truth, it must make an impact on how we live. Winston Churchill famously once declared, men occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing had happened. We've heard the truth today. We've heard the truth this Christmas season that Jesus Christ was born, that he was the fusion of God and man into one person, and that he lived and he died and he gave his life for each and every one of us. This is the truth of the gospel. This is the truth of Jesus Christ. This is the truth that will change the world. How should we respond to this truth? How should we now live with, we, with the understanding of that truth? Well, the wise men knew how to respond. They came, and whether it was on Boxing Day or a few days later, they came and presented to Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They came and they brought the very best that they knew and that they had to offer to the king. Could I challenge you today, 2,000 years later, on this Boxing Day to consider what could I give to Jesus, the God-man, the incarnate Christ? What could I give to him today? I could start with my life. But if I've already done that, if I've given my life to Christ, what is he asking of me this Christmas, I mean this Boxing Day, 2021, what can I offer to Jesus? What can I give him this day? How can I give back to him? I trust that that question will, will, will be a turn from a question to a prayer, that you'll say, God, 
Uh, here I am today, and, and I, I offer you not only my life, but everything that you want to do in and through me. This Boxing Day, I'm here to present the gift of me to you and what you want to do in and through my life. I trust that as you do that, you'll have a, a, a tremendous day today. You'll have an awesome week, and you'll look forward to 2022 with great anticipation and expectation of what Jesus Christ is going to do in and through you. God bless you. Have an amazing Boxing Day. Enjoy your family and friends, and may Christ be with you.